Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. And this is Flyover Ministry. We are going to be talking about digital communication today. And there are a lot of ways that we can communicate with the people in our ministries digitally. And I am under no assumption that we're going to touch on every form of digital communication that's available. And maybe we're going to highlight, I, I think we're going to highlight the, the main points here or the main platforms. Uh, but maybe you have a different platform that you utilize that you have found successful uh, and effective in your own ministry and want to encourage you to go ahead and share those platforms with us and with the listening community, all eight of you, on our Facebook page, Flyover Ministry Podcast, and want to welcome you and direct you to that to be able to uh, communicate the and uh, have a conversation with the people that are also listening on this podcast. And Uh, Not that it's just me and Jordan sharing our own advice, our own input, but we want to hear from you as well, because we know that God continues to work through other ministries as well. And uh, by no means do Jordan and uh, I have a a grasp on everything that's great in ministry or effective. And I think there's a really great opportunity for us to sharpen one another on that platform. So uh, we'll go ahead and start talking about social media. I know that we have an outline for this Uh, episode, but uh, we're going to start with social media. And I'm going to ask Jordan, what social media platforms do you personally utilize? Oh, let's see here. I I am with it when it comes to social media. Let me tell you, Um, I am rocking a MySpace. I was going to say, please, please start out with MySpace. Yeah, I'm I'm friends with that guy who is your first friend still. I don't remember what his name is. Did, but... did you ever have a Bebo account? I no. Was called. Bebo. no. I, I had a Bebo account back in it, the early days of social if platforms. If I'm totally honest, I actually never had a MySpace either. Uh, but it was on AOL, Instant Messenger. <laughs> yes. It was that free trial on that CD that you got in the Every month. box. Yeah. So uh, Just there's a that. month at a time. <laughs> no, but social media is... Uh, is a good tool. It's something that is obviously free for a lot of us. We can set up like a page for your church youth group or your church in general. You have um, different groups you can be part of. There are a number of parents around there. I'm finding that Facebook has been primarily more of a parental communication than a student communication, but that does give you access to for um, sending like messenger. And I have some connections with students that they, their main connection with me is in Messenger. Um, so, you know, social media definitely has its place. And, and like anything, too, we want to be aware of the pitfalls of it as well, which is going to be a different conversation for us some other time talking about the dangers of social media with youth ministry. But as far as digital communication, uh, again, can be part of your communication strategy of highlighting some pieces of information, driving people to uh, where they can find it, or if you're going to choose to spread um, all of your information about what's coming up 
um, activities and, and events and whatnot, uh, that could be a place for that as well. Yeah, social media is a useful tool, but it's also a not so useful tool. I think there's uh, plenty of pitfalls uh, that come along with, um, <laughs> with social media platforms. I've had Facebook here since 2005. Right? My, my, my account is a sophomore, if you're talking about ages here. But uh, I, I think you're right about Facebook being mainly for parents. And I think we've seen a lot of kids and students shift from having Facebook to having things like Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok in different platforms like that. I think the idea here, I actually had a, a couple of students laugh at me because I had a Facebook account. Like who has a, what are you, my dad? Like who has a Facebook account? Um, a lot of students laughing as well at the fact that we've got a lot of profiles out there where it's like a married couple that are like um, so-and-so uh, insert last name here and uh, it, it's one joint account and they're commenting all together. And the, the, the laughter from kids is that making a, an account, making two accounts is not that hard. Like, why do you need one joint account? Now I have to wonder which one of you is communicating or which one of you is posting. And it, it's a, um, yeah, there's just some laughter with that. I think the idea here with students, I had one student share like the reason they are on, and even on Instagram, that's been a, a platform where kids have been uh, leaving, I think, a lot more than we realize. But uh, their comment was that they go to platforms like social media platforms that are more tricky to understand because they know that their parents will be less inclined to try and figure out something new like that. But mm -hmm. um, I have, I mean, just personally, this isn't a, uh, a throwing a line out for more followers or anything like that, but I got Facebook. Uh, I've got Twitter, which is the worst, in my opinion. Uh, I got Instagram, I got Snapchat, and those are all platforms that I use to communicate with students and parents. And, um, you know, a lot of these platforms I'm not super active on. Um, I know that Facebook and Instagram are owned by the same uh, people. So every once in a while, I'll share something that goes to both platforms. But uh, I do use both to communicate with students, with college students. Uh, and adults as well. But uh, social media, really handy when it comes to just immediate communication. Uh, that's really fast. And, you know, on, on a lot of messenger sites, I know Facebook Messenger, Instagram, you see when they see that message, mm -hmm. uh, which is a nice feature as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I will um, be for right up front and honest with this. The uh, social media in general is not you know, I, I pretty much everything we talk about, I say is not my strong suit. Someday we'll get to something that's going to be like, ah, I am capable. Um, but I think one of the challenges with social media is because of what you noted, the exodus of teens from there um, mm. and just the plethora of options. Um, I have not gotten onto TikTok. Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with nope. what TikTok is. I don't see how I can use that to effectively communicate with what I know. Um, similarly, I, I don't have Snapchat. I know that was really big for a while. Um, and so my social media is pretty much just Facebook. Although I have, I, I remember I had a student who's trying to teach me how to use Instagram. And once did you could sign up like because there was you could only sign up on a, a cell phone. 
but then I found a way to get online to sign up with a computer, but you can't host anything. And I was just getting so frustrated. I was like, I don't get how this works. And they're just like, do you realize you sent like six of the same stories? I was like, what's a story? And so they're just like, oh, you are so lame. But it's it's an area because I want to improve. I'm I'm intentionally taking time pursuing things to grow in. So one thing that I think is maybe going to be helpful um, as a communicator was they do have quite a few different options for um, social media managers out there that can be helpful. Um, some of them are paid. So if you've got budget can budget to throw away, you can go the paid route, but there's some free ones too. Uh, so one that I've been toying with late, right now is later.com, uh, which allows you to schedule posts out ahead of time and you right. can put posts on multiple platforms. So, and it, kind of cheating for me, it does some of the formatting to make it like be able to go on Instagram. So that's pretty nice from my desktop. Uh, but it's important enough to try to do what you can. The downside though, is a lot of these managers won't connect to Snapchat or TikTok or, you know, keeping pace with all this stuff, because I I could just imagine it's a programming nightmare. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at specifically with the social media stuff. I think a good way to communicate through social media is to communicate in a way that is reflective of what that platform is for like instagram is mainly videos and pictures not necessarily in that order so if you're going to do announcements yeah go ahead and use instagram but um, you know if you take a look at an instagram page you'll see if it's mainly pictures or mainly announcements and you'll have a lot less people inclined to follow or even just just zone you out because like oh it's the youth group it's just going to be announcement and they'll scroll past but if you have like pictures like a group of pictures that you post all at once and they're able to swipe through then you'll have a little bit more interaction and maybe people will stop and actually read the comment or the post uh, description below it Uh, i know facebook is a lot more inclined towards not just pictures but the the longer posts so you might have more information there and that's fine because that's primarily going to be parents that are on that platform. Uh, but when it comes to Snapchat, uh, you know, especially with uh, if the kids setting have it so that all of the messages that you've sent to them uh, disappear after you leave that message and come back to it, um, that's going to be really hard for you to communicate. So maybe utilizing Snapchat in a way that's just a quick little message and uh, saying, hey, we got youth group tonight or hey, we're going to leave for uh, this uh, retreat at uh, on Friday after school, be here at by this time, and it'll be like a quick thumbs up in, re- in reply or something like that. But uh, to be able to use these social media platforms for the purpose that they're designed, I think will really help you with communicating that way. Uh, another way that I know that we communicate, and Jordan, we've mentioned this in a previous episode, but Google and iCal have a way for you to share uh, those calendars with different people. I know that uh, our senior pastor and I uh, share a ministry calendar. So when we add events that have the ministry tag, it comes up on either of our phones. So we know what's going on uh, between each other. Um, yeah. That's really helpful to communicate between us. And uh, again, something that we're, we're striving for. Hey, Mark, I know that you listen to this. So shout out to you here. Um, I, <laughs> 
I think uh, to Google allows you to not only do like immediate, I know we try to do month to month in kind of this newsletter format, but having a Google calendar that you have allowed others in your ministry to have access to and only maybe a few have access to add or edit, but mm -hmm. uh, you primarily being the administrator allows them to see not just this month, but maybe three, four months out, which mm -hmm. is a, I think a really terrific resource that's free that you can use. And I know I mentioned iCal, I've got an iPhone. Okay. This isn't sponsored by Apple, but uh, that's just the phone that I have. And it, we find that it's useful. So um, yeah, Jordan, what have you done as far as uh, the calendar? Have you found any impact with Google Cal? Yeah, Google Calendar has been really helpful. Um, at Prince of Peace, we had um, a Google set up for our email system there. So then pastor, myself and the secretary could share all of our calendars together. And it was really helpful to know like, pastor's on vacation this time as, as we're going ahead and just anticipating some things um, knowing who's going to be like, oh, no, they're not going to be in the office today. So it was just less of a surprise. Uh, and it wasn't that we we're like always snooping on each other's lives, but if someone had a question, you know, it was easy enough to go to. So that's been helpful. And with events and stuff too, um, if you have like an active church calendar and it, it might take some time of getting people trained, uh, but it's worth it. You know, if you can communicate well and kind of centralize it, then if you have like a request for building usage, and you're looking ahead and people are used to it, you're gonna say, oh, there's a wedding. I can't host this event here that weekend. Um, that's good to know because they don't work well together. <laughs> playing, playing hide and seek while the groomsmen are trying to get dressed is weird. Yeah, danger Will Robinson. Yeah. So yeah, Google Calendar has been, has been helpful. And, and that kind of links to another thing we'll talk about here, uh, which is church websites. Um, posting it on the website, there's a central place for it. People can access it and see the updates can be really helpful. And even from there, uh, I believe that Google Calendar has a feature where they can download it themselves. Like they can be connected to it on their device, uh, which is really helpful. But speaking of church websites, um, <laughs> there you, you mentioned some websites where you felt like uh, there was some room for improvement. And I can I can speak to that with <laughs> updating. Um, when I was trying to get in touch with regional churches for the Fly Federation meeting, or just like a denomination-wide um, kind of research thing for our biennial youth con convention, uh, there were times I was looking at these websites and I was sincerely wondering if these congregations wanted people to ever find them or get in touch with them because there was no information. There wasn't an active phone number there wasn't an address and um websites do have a potential to passively connect people to your congregation um it, more it so is than billboards <laughs> yeah people are gonna more likely stumble across that and and that's a really significant thing you know if you do a church website well uh it's worth the time and effort it's worth spending some money to have it done nicely mm -hmm. um, our previous church had used i think it was back when Thrivent was AAL or something like that. And they had this free system, but it was, it was archaic. Uh, you could tell it was free. Like you had to, when you put a picture in, you had to manually put what pixel size width and height oh. you wanted to be. Oh. And you didn't get to guess, like you'd have to guess. And it's like, Oh, nope, that didn't work. And so then you had to like try to figure out the ratio and everything. Um, so <laughs> we've come a long way since then. And yeah. uh, I know our church here, 
um, pastor's wife is pretty much like a, a web guru. She gets all this stuff. Um, mm. So she does a lot of the web design and stuff. So I don't have to do much with that. But the previous congregation, we outsourced to a different uh, host who was kind of managing that. And it was actually pretty easy to work with. But there's a lot you can do with the church website too. Yeah. And, and even there's, look, if you're listening to podcasts, chances are you've listened to other podcasts that have ads and you're familiar with Squarespace by this point, I'm sure, or even a place called Wix. And both are really great and inexpensive platforms that you can use to build a proper website. And, and I'm, I'm going off of this so hard and so early in talking about church websites because people right now in the day and age that we live in will decide whether or not, uh, if they're looking up churches in the area, they'll see your church and do you have a website? It is almost immediately the first question that they will ask if they're completely new to the area or if they're looking at churches, does this church have a website? And if they click on that link on Google because they have access to it, they'll click on that link, get to your website and will decide in under three seconds if your church is worth considering. And it seems trivial to pursue a website and like just one more thing, one more line on the budget, but it's a line that is so insignificant in the grand scope of things on whether or not people consider it. And it seems childish, right? You would think that people would choose a church based on more substantial issues. But mm -hmm. this is, again, the day and age that we're living in. And building a church website, uh, we use Squarespace, and this isn't sponsored by them, but we use Squarespace, really intuitive, drag and drop, not guessing pixel for, I mean, you gave me anxiety just saying like <laughs> we had to guess the picture size. Uh, but really simple to be able to throw a, a website together, already structured uh, uh, platforms and um, yeah, templates for you to use. And, and we, we found one that we liked and every once in a while we'll change templates. And that's something that Squarespace allows you to do. I don't think Wix allows you to do that as easily, but um, we, we do that and people are able to, and we're able to see how many people are looking at this on their phones. How many people are looking at this on a tablet, on their PC, um, you know, some other platform? How many unique sign uh, people are looking at this? Where, you know, even geography features mm -hmm. like uh, where in the country, where in the world, you know, even too. Um, so I think there's an element of needing to make an investment on having Squarespace. And I don't have the price on how much Squarespace costs per month, uh, but it's, I mean, it's, it's really great to be able to have something like that. Like we've said, to have that website be the dump of information for people to reference, to answer all and any questions that they have. Uh, tell us about your staff. What kind of ministries do you have? Uh, how often do you meet? Uh, digital newsletter, uh, sermons, mm -hmm. uh, ways to communicate or contact the pastor or any other church staff. Uh, I think that's uh, a little bit of transparency goes a long way in making the effort to have a church website. And I, I realize that I'm kind of soapboxing here, but uh, I think it's important right now, especially in the digital age that we live in, to speak the language of the natives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really key. And like I said, too, we just aren't really sure of how broad the reach can go. And that's something going kind of piggybacking on social media too with COVID stuff. I think we talked about this before, but um, being able to live stream services Mm -hmm. um we our little congregation here has people in canada people in texas or oklahoma um listening to us unbelievers that we know listening regularly from multiple states away so it's 
it's just a really neat open door that God has given us to be able to use these things um, for his glory. And I, I see here that you have, uh, in addition to the website, there's something back end on the website kind of for people to communicate back with you. Why don't you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, well, this is uh, on our website. The last few years, we have used um, our website as a platform for people to sign up for our vacation Bible school in the summer. Uh, through a forum that's with the f-o-r-u-m uh, we have them fill it out and it give, uh, provides the parents name the name of their kids um, con relevant contact information and we collect that on uh, this forum from the website and now we have you know and there's a way for you on the website to be able to have that emailed to you um, from the website right to your primary email and that allows us to have a platform already digitally inputted minimal work for us to put it on like an excel spreadsheet of these are the people that have even entered the doors of our church or been a part of our ministry period so that when it comes time for general contact like hey we're having a trunk or treat or we're going to start confirmation or hey we've got this Thing coming up for teenagers uh, that we're going to try and go to this camp or this retreat or this outing or whatever, we're able then to communicate and say, hey, we know that you've been a part of our church before. This is something we're doing. Would you be interested? And to have accurate information for parents, you know, it, under the, mm -hmm. um, the necessity of having good contact information from parents so that you can contact them, right? Primary email. They're not just giving you their junk email that they sign up for sweepstakes on so that they can get whatever free thing. You're not getting the secondary email or phone number. You're getting primary up-to-date contact info. And I think this forum has been a really great way for us to stay and have more relevant information from our you know, parents in the community. Um, just another great uh, utilization of the website. and. Uh, yeah, I've already hyped up websites, I think, enough for this episode, but um, I do, maybe not. I, I will say that there is there is a point where you look at a website and you can tell that it's really well done. Mm -hmm. And we're living in an information age where if you don't know how, you don't need to know how to code to do a website. And you can look on a, on a YouTube page or a blog and see like, hey, I'm trying to do something. Um, like on our website right now, we actually, I actually put together a digital advent calendar and I was able to put that calendar from the website I made it on onto our church's website because I Googled how to do it. And there was people who had figured it out way before I did. So utilizing the tools that are available to you to be able to figure out the digital world you live in. This is the great part about uh, the world we're living in right now with technology. Um, yeah, YouTube has been a great resource to teach yourself how to do video streaming, uh, fix, all sorts of different things. Fix your car. Yeah. Build a hut in the middle of the trap, the, the jungle. A yurt. A yurt. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to take you off your soapbox go so I can it. hop on mine. Yeah. And this is go. actually not something in our notes, but we'll talk a little bit about email in there. Cause I think, I think we get email pretty good. Um, if you don't, I don't know if you'd be listening to the podcast, <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest, but, um, it, it kind of deals with, uh, going off of what you do with that information you collect. Okay. And, uh, I want to talk a little bit about church directories 
because that's mm. kind of a paper resource. Um, but I've been making this push because there's something that I uh, I benefit so much from. And uh, it's it's a service, so there is a, a payment for it, but I think it's like around seven to eight dollars a month if you go with this this um, subscription. It's called Instant Church Directory. Yeah. Um, uh, and some of the things that just I love about it. First of all, uh, we did a directory at our churches came up not too long ago. Uh, I think our directory is like two, three years old ish. And at that time I brought it up, but there wasn't too much interest because they're like, well, we can do this other one online from this um, photography business. Problems uh, with the photography one, you cannot update pictures because that's their business, right? Um, the online one will just show a person's face and name. You don't get any contact information. So it's very limited. Instant church directory, uh, very easy to update. Um, you can update on the fly. We are saying we're going to encourage people every time you take a Christmas picture, send that in. So we get at least an annual update. So like, it's not, you've added three family members since we're going to, you know, we've had three births since this has been direct uh, updated. Um, but as far as a communication tool, um, a couple of really big things, you can print a physical directory off of it. So you could send it to a local um, printing place. You can get 10 copies if you have a new members class, they can get it one. If you have seniors in your congregation that don't do online stuff, they can get that. Mm. Second though, online access um, through a portal so you can connect it to your website. The only people who can get it are people who have a um, have an email in the directory itself. So it's it's very secure. Um, and, and you know, that online connection is really important. But the third is an app that I have. That's one of the big mm. things I push for it. Um, because for me as a staff person, it's important that I know the people in the congregation. We've had quite a few new people, um, more elderly, and I'm not spending time with them because I'm off doing youth stuff during the same time thing. So it's hard for me to get to know them. Um, but with this app, I can have a conversation. I see them across the church. I pull it open and I find them and I was like, okay, that's who this person is. I can use mm -hmm. the name. I can build that relationship. It's really great. So especially for younger families uh, who are maybe more technical savvy, but other positives, uh, if it, you know, they will allow you to, let's say, if you're a member, you don't want your physical address, you can, you can minimize that or whatever. Um, but as a staff person, uh, let's say I want to make a visitation. I pull that open. I click on the address. It opens up to Google Maps and I can just go there. I know that's awesome. Um, I, I can, from my phone, uh, click their phone number and I can call them with my phone. I can send an email from within the app. Uh, you have an opportunity to, if you're an administrator, send an email message to everyone who's allowed that to happen. So if you set, like, if you have a church cancellation, uh, you can do a quick blast through that platform with that information that you're getting up to date from that forum. Uh, same thing with a text message. That is a little um, fee for the text messages, but it's like, it's one of the cheapest options I've seen as far as sending text messages, which we'll get into our messaging app here in a second here. But um, so that has just been such a helpful tool to aid communication. I think, especially as we're in this COVID time where people are isolated, having something like an active up-to-date directory where you can know who's here, who haven't I seen, who can I call can be such a good tool and blessing mm -hmm. for a congregation. How much does that cost? Uh, it was like, seven or eight dollars a year if you do the annual subscription rate oh my goodness are you kidding no it's i mean when you consider everything you get for it it is really cheap and i think the the text messaging you can buy 
credits. So let's say you buy a thousand credits, that'd be a thousand messages. And it's like um, 0.7 cents or something a message. I'd have to re reconfirm that. But I mean, the rates are, are really good um, as far as, and you wouldn't be using that to like have a conversation with, you know, someone so, but just for like that emergency kind of contact stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, it, awesome thing that I, I really encourage. Um, maybe not as utilitarian for the average person as the website who is just like coming across, but for a congregation member, especially if you're trying to think, how can we be inviting to younger people that can be really um, make your congregation suddenly more accessible. Hmm. That's really great. I, and I do enjoy a, a good new website or app that I was not familiar with. And I know that we have a, uh, we have a digital directory as well, but and I don't, I don't recall what it is, but, um, you're able to cycle because we have multiple churches. We're able to cycle through based on age groups, uh, based on church body or, or affiliation or anything like that. Like who's been involved in what ministry, which has been really great. But I do enjoy what was that called again? That was called um, digital instant church instant directory. Church. Yep, instant church directory. I do have one other. Um, I know that this is uh, we're kind of coming close on time here, but. I did want to highlight too the the benefit and maybe a little bit of the drawbacks of the messaging apps. Like uh, I know we have WhatsApp and there's a lot of other uh, coaching apps that are out there for like coaches to be able to communicate with the people that are on their team and you can send an instant message and see everybody who's been on it. And, and as far as like widespread um, widespread communication, that works really well if the people down, download that and if the people utilize the code that you have that you've given them. And if they, mm -hmm. if they look at it, you know, we've got people in our ministry that don't have a, a smartphone. So things like WhatsApp and these coaching apps might work really well for you, but they also might not. So there's, you know, with everything that drawback and, and benefits. So it, it really comes down to your discernment, you talking with the church and saying, how far should we go with trying to communicate with people? Uh, and, and even with all of this, just because you put something up on social media or Google or iCal or uh, you know whatever, don't assume that people have read it or seen it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just don't don't guess that people have just like, oh, it's up on Facebook. You know, we've done everything that we can. Um, you have to do a little bit more than just say, well, we've done everything on our side. Yeah. At the same time, we can't hold people's hands. Like, we we have other things to do. So we want to. Uh, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink kind of thing. Mm -hmm. we, I can't hold people's hands and make sure that they know all the information. And when they have all the information, then I go to the next, I can't do that. So I want to make sure that I'm respecting the time that I have as best as I can while still honoring the desire to communicate what's going on with the people on every level that's involved in the ministry. Yeah. And, you know, messaging apps can be really helpful. Um, there is a slew of them. I know we use Remind, which is more of an educator one. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's pluses and minuses. One of the big pluses is it's free. Um, the minus is that you don't have control over the information. So like if a student were to change their number, you can't do anything about it. And I think that's kind of because it's built for a school, their privacy issues there. If you got the budget for it, there are some really nice um, ministry-based ones that you can kind of use as a youth ministry database. 
Um, but there's a lot of cool things with these two, even with remind, you know, the opportunity to schedule posts or schedule text messages, uh, for different groups, like for parents, for students, um, you can do events with it, like a text-based scavenger hunt where every five minutes they're getting a new clue that they have to go and get or something. Um, so it's definitely worth looking into. And again, because text messaging is, uh, probably I would say the highest connection rate that you will get. Um, with people these days, but you do want to be cautious. Um, you said some students don't have smartphones. Uh, I don't think Remind requires to be a smartphone. I think it just comes through as a text for them. Uh, I, I believe I get it that way through my regular phone. Uh, so you don't, it doesn't require you to download the app. I think you do need an account, um, but you could do that online. And what I, was, what I was pointing out though, is that, I mean, not, not just everybody doesn't have a smartphone, but We've got students who don't even have a phone, period. I mean, their right. phone is, you know, they they hear it from their parents. And, mm -hmm. and, and to a, a degree, we want to encourage that. I mean, honestly, if mm -hmm. I have, I've got a sixth grader, um, I'm fine with them not having a smartphone or a cell phone, uh, honestly. And and yeah, so we do want to keep that in mind, too. And that goes back to social media. Uh, I, I've got a lot of homeschool kids in my congregation um, who do not have Facebook even, you know, something as archaic as that. So they're just not on social media. So that also becomes like a different thing of just being aware of who your audience is and the different ways you have available to communicate with them, making sure not anyone's getting missed. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that that also, you know, there's a lot of opportunities and we want to recognize that, that we're living in a really cool age as far as what we do have available um, to communicate, even things like, we didn't talk about this, but Zoom, you know, in this COVID era, being able to still have ministry go on, even though you might not be able to meet together is a really um, important thing. So with that, I think we're going to wrap up today for our digital communication stuff. And again, just like Dan mentioned, if you got tips for other people, for us, that would be helpful. We by no means have exhausted the internet. Uh, there's a lot more out there. So feel free to shoot something to us that would be helpful. And uh, we love to kind of be able to be a resource place uh, that people can go and, and encourage one another, find tips from one another too. And uh, I think Dan's got one more thing for us before we close the episode. Yeah, just recognizing the schedule of when we release this, we know that Christmas is, you know, day after tomorrow. And we want to wish you, you know, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and all this. And uh, I know that uh, be between now and New Year's, we're going to be having another episode coming out being the fifth uh, episode in the month. We're going to talk a little bit about, especially with it being the end of the year, we're going to talk about uh, excellent resources and books and apps and curriculums and things like that that we've found useful. But between now and then, I really want to encourage you, spend some time with your family, spend some time off your phone and just reflect on this past year, as crazy as it's been, and just celebrate your relationship with Jesus. You know, uh, have some time in, in silent prayer and reflection, and I really pray that you guys have a great uh, Christmas with family or what, with whatever you have going on and a great uh, celebration at New Year's as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, as we celebrate this season, I, I think it's fitting to be talking about communication as we go back to scripture and see that um, the word became flesh and Jesus was God's communication to us, is God's communication to us. We rejoice in his communication to us in his word. We rejoice in his presence. And uh, with that, may you go in his presence, in his strength, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.